Thank you, Bridge Church. Thank you, Pastor Martin. What a great prayer. And uh, we need prayer because we know prayer moves God's hands. Thank you for joining us today. And we know that God's going to do something special. We're going to continue our series on Faith Moves Our Giving. And if you see this hand of God uh, represented in picture form, this month we've not been talking about the financial side of giving. We've been talking about the aspects of the blessings that come when you follow Christ and how God is so generous to us. So I want you to hear this third message in this series, Faith Moves Our Giving. Our text was found in Philippians chapter 4, verses 17 and 19, and not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And then Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now you put those two portions of scriptures together, you have faith moves our giving. And I want to recap for just a moment or two because Pastor Jen was very involved in this series on Mother's Day and what a great Mother's Day message we had. But I wanted you to hear, and if you haven't heard already and this is your first week of joining us in this series, God is a generous God. And He gives amazing gifts and takes care of us. I love it that He takes care of us. When he takes care of us, you understand that through scripture. Paul was in prison in Rome, our church, our city, when he wrote this portion of scripture in Philippians. Now, to me, that already personalizes it for all of us. He's in our hometown writing this portion of scripture. And many of us in our church there in Rome have been to visit the places that he was in prison. And he was able to say that God gives. The God that loves gives. You think about that. You think about the significance of where he wrote it, to whom he wrote it, and now a few thousand years later, we are reliving it just so happens that we're in a pandemic. Now, when you put the two and two together, and remember, if you follow us, we wrote this series of messages back in August and September of 2019, way before any kind of pandemic, any kind of coronavirus, any kind of shutdown, lockdown, before it ever took place. How did God know we were going to need this? God knows everything. And when God gave us this series of messages, I was thinking, Lord, why then? Why now? But God knew. And when we put it in for this month of May, I thought, wow. The, the word, why do we give? A lot of times people think, well, that preacher's only going to be talking about money. No, no, no. I'm not going to mention that. 
So I want to get that out of your mindset of how somebody's going to communicate to you. Paul wrote, fruit will abound to your account. Fruit will abound to your account. In other words, gifts will abound back to you. So how do we give? How did God give? He gave generously. Pastor Jen talked about how some women in the Bible were generous. And she gave us these powerful lines. Your seed will meet your need. Man, I love that. Your seed. So in other words, what you put in there, the the gift you give is going to take care of you when it's time for you to receive. And she said these next few words, receive and release. So once you're given it, you give back. Wow. If we can learn that secret of God's principle, I'll guarantee you when we read that portion of Scripture that it may abound, it will be pressed down and running over. It will be in abundance that you will receive. And last week, we were so talking about what God was going to do uh, with Pastor Jen in that receiving part. We said, oh, Lord, thank you, Lord, that we're going to receive back. See, Paul was saying to us, you guys have blessed me. If you read that whole account, he's saying, you guys have blessed me. And just like I've been blessed and taken care of, God's going to take care of you. Now, most of the theologians really believe that all of this portion and all this time, as I said earlier, was when he was in Rome. So if our theologians are thinking this and the writers are thinking this, it's amazing that as we're in this difficult time, that now I'm talking about point number one, the abundance. So in your notes there, like we do every week, we're writing point one and we're writing abundant. Remember that it may abound. The definition of abundance is a very large quantity of something. Very large quantity of something. Paul said it. I desire fruit that may abound. We can insert the word abundant right there. And it's going to go back to your account. See, God's biblical principle is more than enough. I love that concept even. It doesn't just take care of the need. It's more than enough to take care of the need. What am I saying? It's God's love. That's more than enough. It's God's grace. His grace is more than enough. It's God's mercy. It's more than enough. It's God's patience. It's more than enough. Are you hearing me today? It's God's blessings. They're more than enough. And I can keep going line after line, but I think you're getting the point here today that God, what God has to give is more than enough. It's just not going to be adequate. Paul's saying it's going to abound. God's saying, I can't supply all of your needs according to my riches. 
I mean, when you talk about what God can give us, if you just settle in on the word love, how much love does God have to give us? It's amazing love. It's powerful love. It's merciful love. It's abundant love. His love. It's demonstrated love that he sent his son. It's love. He loves us. The Bible said, even while we were dead in trespasses and sins, even while we were the sinner, he's still loving. To me, that's more than enough. See, he gives in abundance. I hope you get that. Write that down. Tech kids, make sure it's bold. It's in abundance. So today, I thought I would do something unique, something different in this message. I'm a topical style preacher, and I use biblical scripture to emphasize points and then present the message. Today, I'm going to take the next section of this message and do what's called expository. In other words, line by line and give a reference to that line. So I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 37. And we're going to use a few verses of Scripture, verses 3 through 6, and then um, 18 and 19. And I'm going to teach you a few things because I think if you're going to understand how God's going to bless you, how God is going to provide for you, how God is going to give you more than enough. And you live your life with that kind of a mindset, with that kind of a idea that when I walk this journey with God, God's going to take care of me. And God's going to take care of me in an abundance. Verse number three of Psalm 37 it was written by David, King David. The shepherd boy, David, the one that killed the giant, the one who had a few issues in his life, the one who made a few mistakes. This is what he said in verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. David is saying, trust God and enjoy life. Trust God, and enjoy life. Verse 4, take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, he's referring to godly desires here. Godly desires. He's not talking about any kind of desire. He's talking about godly desires, biblical desires. Remember, God's going to take care of every component of your life. The practical, the emotional, the physical. He's going to take care of every component. And if he's going to take care of every component, you've got to understand that it's the desires God is then putting in your heart. I pray, my friend, that they will be godly desires. That your life will be pleasing unto the Lord. That you're not going to be thinking about what, you know, I'm going to not do something because, you know, I will pay a penalty. You are not even thinking in that mindset. You're thinking, I want to do things that please the Lord. 
I want to let my actions bring glory to the Lord. I don't want to say, well, I'm going to live like this some days, and other days I'm going to live like this. No, I'm talking about godly desires. Godly desires that bring honor and glory to Him. Number five, verse five, is commit your ways to the Lord. Do what God says and trust. Do what God says and trust. Trust in Him and He will do this. He will do this. Commit your way. He'll give you the desires. You've got to go back up in the scripture there. If you've committed your ways, He'll give you the desires. He will do this. He repeats Himself. Verse 6 says... He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn. Your vindication like the noonday sun. You will be rewarded and vindicated. Listen, my friend. If you think you're going to win every one of your battles, you're fooling yourself. But the Lord is going to win every one of the battles. When you try to go ahead of God, or go to the left, or go to the right, when God is saying, do it like this, I'm telling you, you're trying to do things that is not in God's desires for your life. There's a perfect timing. And when you do it in God's timing, there may be difficulties. But David's saying here, there will be vindication. It will come to make right. It will be right. I don't know if that could say that any stronger. I want my life to live righteous. I want it, what I mean by that is right standing with God. If I live right standing with God, I can tell you, I can shout it from the rooftop that everything's going to be okay. When I put it in my own lap and I put it in my own hands, I'm taking that responsibility on myself and I'm pushing God to the side. Let him get involved in every component of your life. He will make your righteous reward shine. So your right standing reward, it's going to shine. Don't worry, God's going to give you the credit for your faithfulness. God's going to give you the credit for your prayer time. God's going to give you... Your credit for the proper desires. And I think if you're always after the the credit and the reward, I think you're going to fall short a few times. Just put a smile on God's face. You've heard me say that hundreds of times. Let your life put a smile on God's face. When he looks down at his sons and daughters, let him say, Wow, that's my kid. That's my son. That's my daughter. That's what we want to do. It goes back to the desires. Verse number 18, I'm jumping down there. The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care, and their inheritance will endure forever. I I love that. Your inheritance will endure forever. See, when we're under the Lord's care, it's just not for today. It's not just for tomorrow. It's going to be for this month and next month. See, our steps are ordered by God. We're not just trying to make this day count. 
I'm trying to make my lifetime count. I'm trying to make what I'm doing today affect people. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. I'm telling you an incredible message that God loves you and has a plan for your life. I'm not preaching just to have something to do today. I'm preaching the right word of God, the truth of God's word, so that when it comes to your home and into your life, it becomes your lifestyle. That your lifestyle is that of being a generous person, a person that loves, a person that gives grace, a person that gives mercy, a person that loves more than other people may be doing around you and are having difficult times. This is our moment, church, for us to rise up and say, if God be for me, who in the world is going to be against me? I don't want to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to live my life as a generous person that doesn't hold anything back. I don't want my life to go, well, he lived a few good years. I want my life to be known. Man, that guy just went after God. Someone asked me a few days ago, how long do you think you want to keep doing this? I said, you know, I was in a crusade in India a few years ago before my father passed. My dad and I shared a room that, that time, and he's laying in his bed, I'm laying in my bed, and we're still up, and as, you know, your body clocks don't click in when you're changing that, that many time zones. I said, Dad, are you ever going to retire? He said, pause for a moment or two, and I said it again because I thought, well, maybe he fell asleep. I said, are you ever going to retire? He says, well, first of all, that's a silly question. I said, well, I don't think it's a silly question. He says, I'm never going to retire. I said, why? His answer has affected my life. His answer was this, if I retire, if I slow down and quit on what I'm doing, I probably won't live much longer. He said these words, I will probably die. Now listen to me, my friend. My dad was a preacher. He traveled all over the world, preached the gospel message. He went places that most people would never go. He slept in the huts. He took the canoe to the islands, you know, It was amazing what my father would do. And at 80 years of age, he was still doing that. So I thought, as I was asked that question, am I going to retire? You know what my answer was? I said to him, I don't think I will retire. And there was a quick response back from this man that asked me that question. Why wouldn't you retire? I said, well, and I told him the story of my father. I really want to keep preaching this gospel because I know it's truth. And I know it helps people's lives. And I know it changes people's lives. I want to preach it till the day I die. Jennifer's grandmother died past 100 years of age or went on to be the Lord after 100. And she never quit. So if the people that have gone before me didn't quit, why in the world should I quit? 
you say, well, pastor, you're talking about retirement. No, no, no. I'm talking about the gospel message. I don't think we should ever quit giving the gospel message. I'm not talking about physical retirement of leaving your job. I'm talking about the responsibility that we have to live the life God's asking us to live. And if we live the life, this blameless life, that verse number 18 says, we'll spend the days under the Lord's care. Now, don't I want to be under the Lord's care? When I'm old, don't I want to be under the Lord's care? Don't I want Him be taking care of me? And their inheritance, man, will endure forever. Now, I like the idea that the inheritance will endure forever because that means it's going to be passed down. So what I am, as I am a generous person, and I give away the love, and I give away the mercy, and I give away the grace, what it's going to do is affect the generations to come after me. My children will be generous, and my grandchildren will be generous. And the people they are affecting, they will learn the secret that I'm talking about. This secret is found in many places in the Word. But I want to end this portion in verse number 19. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. Now, now listen. That's in the Bible. You can look it up. In times like this, we will have plenty. And I know for some of you that are watching this around the world, you say, wow, I, 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 am, I am living that in the middle of this pandemic, all my needs have been taken care of. And some of you are saying, Pastor, I'm not there. All my needs haven't been taken care of. Well, I want to ask you some questions then. Are you really in the right relationship with Christ you need to be? Because if you're counting on God to take care of you, you can't count God on God to take care of you if you're not living in right standing with Him. And for those of you that are loving God and you're saying, hey, everything's not been taken care of, I want you to know, my friend, this is one guy that will pray that God's going to come through for you. And if you'll send me a note, there'll be opportunity there on these screens later. You can send me a note, and I personally... We'll pray that God's going to take care of you. But I want to add a little component to that. Are you being generous with your giving to others? Now, again, I'm not talking about finances here. Are you giving away grace? Are you giving away mercy? Are you being kind? Are you being gentle? That's what I'm talking about. See, when we have God's fruit in our lives... The fruit will abound. It will be in abundance. We don't have to think, does my tree only have one apple? My tree has thousands of apples. I hope you're getting this picture, this view. My tree doesn't have just one banana. It's got bunches of bananas. My lemon tree doesn't have just one lemon on it. Are you listening to me? So in other words, we don't just have a little bit of grace. We got a lot of grace. 
We don't have a little bit of kindness. We have a lot of kindness. And I want you to know that if you live like I've just talked about, you will be amazed at how God will have taken care of you. And some of you are going to look back. I mean, you look back the last couple months, you say, I don't know how, but I know the reality is I've been taken care of. Now, I want to go into kind of my favorite portion of this, and I'm going to go really fast. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. We give generously because we're righteous. We're in right standing. Verse 22, those the Lord blesses will inherit the land, but those he curses will be destroyed. I want the blessing side. I don't want the cursing side. Verse 23, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. I want my direction right. I want it straight. Verse 24, though he may stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. I may have some struggles, but he won't let me fall. The Lord's going to help me. And this is where I want to end with. Verse 25. I was young and now I'm old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his seed or the children begging for bread. Depending on what version of the Bible you're reading from there. The seed, which is our children, or in the NIV, the children. The children will be a blessing in verse 26. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be a blessing. Wow, what an ending to David's passage of Psalm 37. The righteous are always generous, and the legacy you are leaving for your children will show up. Man, I hope you're hearing me today. I hope you're receiving what I'm saying, because you can have a difference in your life. Some of you have lived your life just way door to door, step to step, meal to meal. It's time to get out of that. It's time to say, you know what? I want the generosity of God. That It abounds. And how that happened was some people came to Paul and blessed him. Said, Paul, here. And as they said, here... Paul realized, hey, I was receiving a blessing that God set up. So today, we've looked at Paul's definition of how he was taken care of, even though he was in prison. (laughs) While he was in a difficult time of his life. And you may be saying, hey, I'm in that time right now. Well, I want you to know God wants to take care of you. And you can count on him. And we saw through that scripture of David. Psalm 37. How God was generous. So if you put those two portions of scripture together. Listen listen to this ending. So the God of the Old Testament. And the God of the New Testament. Is the same God of your testament. Did you get that? So what David was saying and what Paul is saying is the same thing that you should be saying. So the God of the Old Testament 
is the same God of the New Testament, which is the God of your testament. You say, Pastor, I'm writing my own testament. The definition of testament, a person's will, especially the part relating to personal property. Wow. Think about it. You're writing your testament. You're writing your testament. The definition of who you are and what remains. Man, I want it to be said. That guy was generous. That guy was kind. That guy was merciful. That guy was full of grace. You know what? And the Lord wants that of each of us. See, if faith moves us, it moves us in our giving. We will be a generous giver. And I can tell you, amazing things will happen. I hope you've heard me today. I hope you've heard my heart. Because I want you to know that when I teach a portion of Scripture like this, in the middle of where we're at, I'm thinking, oh, Lord, we've got people that are in some difficult situations right now. Why would I be preaching this? What I do know is this, that God has a plan. He's always had a plan. And if we will trust in God in the middle of what we're going through right this moment, He's going to see us through. And you may be saying, Pastor, I'm not one of those believers yet. I've not joined a church or come a part of of your online campus. I'm not talking about me here today. I'm not talking about a church today. I'm talking about having a relationship, right standing with God. Say, I'm used to having to say my prayers through the priest or through this person or that person. No, I'm asking you to pray directly to the Lord and ask the Lord to forgive you and ask the Lord to come into your life. And that's going to be our first prayer today. Our second prayer is going to be for those that are going through some difficulty. I'm going to pray that God helps you in abundance. That the God who is generous shows his generosity to you. And you look in the cupboard and say, wow, there's plenty. But you look in your heart and say, "Woo, there's plenty of love. There's plenty of mercy. There's plenty of grace. Isn't that what you want of your life? I'll guarantee you, you'll be a better husband. You'll be a better wife. You'll be a better kid. You'll be a better employer. You'll be a better employee. You've got abundance of God's blessings in your life. So if you need that first prayer, just say this prayer with me. The translators will be translating there. So you can do it. It'll be there online. You can say this prayer. Say it with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Come into my heart. Come into my life. From this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for you. The things I was doing that were sent, I will stop doing. Because you've just changed my life. And I thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've just said that prayer, I can tell you, down there on the screen will be an opportunity for you to write me a note. If 
you write me a note, I promise you, as I do if I was in Rome right this moment, there's a stack from just this year of people that have given their lives to Christ. I will pray for you for the rest of the year, every day. So send those emails to us, and I'll do that. I promise. Because you're going to need some prayer. And then they're also part of our website. You can go and get some, some uh, online way to now do what do I do? What do I do next? Well, I can tell you, my friend, you just become a part of the greatest family on the planet. And our church, we want to help you. We want to help you know what to do next. Now for all of you that want that second prayer, Lord Jesus, my friends today are listening. And some of them are going through some difficult moments. But God, you're the God that always comes through. You're the God that is our way maker. God, you help us today. And God, for those that need more mercy, give them more mercy. Those that need more grace, give them more grace. They're reaching out to you right now saying, God, I need a little bit more. Maybe my well is drying up. Lord, give more. They're seeking you. They're asking of you, O Lord. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. That's what David said, Lord. I've never seen it. You have never forsaken us. So Lord, today, we count on you to see us through. We count on you to apply this abundance to our life. So Lord, give grace. Give mercy. Give forgiveness. Give more love. Give more blessings, Jesus, I pray. Take care of our people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now maybe today, you say, I'm just hearing this for the first time. I've never heard anything like this. I want you to know, my friend, you've just listened to the truth of God's holy word. And I'd love for you to be a part of our campuses around the world. You know, you've just joined a big club, over a million people club. We love that, that God has reached and used us to reach the message, push the message. Today, if you've watched, I want you to send this. I want you to share this with somebody on the planet. If you're from Nigeria, send it to Nigeria. If you're from Zimbabwe, send it to Zimbabwe. If you're from South Korea, send it to South Korea. The nations of the world gather in Rome. That's who we pastor. And I'm asking you to be God's ambassadors. Today, I'm asking you to help push this message to the ends of the earth. That's what God asks us to do. Go everywhere and tell everyone the good news. I'm asking you, friend, tell the good news. Tell it. Push the button and say, God, get this message out and pray that God's going to do that. If you're a part of our church, I want you to be faithful in your giving. There'll be opportunity there to show you how to give. When we get back in Rome and the church gets operating again, we were in the middle of buying a building. (laughs) We don't know exactly where that is right now, but our legacy campaign is still going on. I want you to be faithful. Some of you can give us a generous donation today to help us. But our faithful members, I want you to be faithful in your giving. It's not too long before we're going to be opened back up. I don't know the timing on that. We will make sure the message gets out. But I want you to know God loves you and has a plan for your life. So let this prayer blessing be given to you. Lord Jesus, be with our friends today, wherever they are in this world. Meet all their needs. Take care of them, Jesus, I pray. In the name of the Father, name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen.